0: What's up, everybody? Happy Tuesday to you. I'm Anthony Cazenza with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast and CincyJungle.com. Hope you are all doing well. Coming at you with the happening headlines for week 13 as the Cincinnati Bengals get set to host the Los Angeles Chargers. Don't call them the San Diego Chargers. The Los Angeles Chargers coming to Paul Brown Stadium after the gigantic, gigantic win over. The Pittsburgh Steelers at home, 41-10, to a lot to get to as it pertains to the Cincinnati Bengals uh, and the headlines that are coming from them in both the aftermath of that win as well as what's ahead against the Chargers, what they're looking at there, and of course all kinds of different news, a big and wild week for the AFC North, so all kinds of news within the division, and of course across the NFL, again, I'm Anthony Cazenza, and this show, the Orange and Black Insider, is part of the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel, podcast network. You can get that channel and subscribe to it on your favorite audio streamer, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, any of the major ones. Go on there. Find the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. And that's where you can get this show. You can get Orange is the New Black from Ace and Zim. You can get Chalk Talk and Coach Speak from Coach Matt Minnick get all that stuff, subscribe, leave a review. We appreciate that. And if you like the video format of what we do on this particular show, you can go right down here. There's a little, I always get the hands mixed up on which side here because the inverted screen and everything, when you record right down here, there's a little OBI icon. You can click that to subscribe, click the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available, all of that. Okay. Shameless self-promotion of at least this show aside, we've got a lot to get to. So we'll start uh, start rolling it. I'm seeing a lot of hellos to from a lot of folks, whether you're joining us on the Cincy Jungle Facebook page, our Orange and Black Insider YouTube channel, on Twitter. Hello, hello, hello. Good to see all of you. Hope you all had a good Thanksgiving and enjoyed what we witnessed on Sunday as the Bengals took care of the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. All right, let's get this thing going if you don't mind and we let's see where do we want to start let's start with the snap count takeaways and this is on cincyjungle.com i will post this in the live chat for those of you if you want to see what's going on with this here on cincyjungle.com let's talk about what we saw in terms of snap counts from the Bengals uh here and um this is uh, look. Jermaine Pratt kind of was a little bit of a story here, you know, with the Akeem Davis Gaither injury. You know, more pressure is being put on on Pratt to perform when he is out there, and uh, he he responded well at least this last week here. But here you go, you see um, Trey Hopkins in there, and you'll see kind of a little bit of difference, not only because of some injuries that the Bengals uh, suffered in this game. And we'll talk about that in just a second, but also because the lopsided score forced them to, you know, not force them, but allowed them to be able to get some of these players out of the lineup, get some nice rest, et cetera. By the way, have one thing that nobody, at least I haven't really heard, that nobody seems to be talking about with the, you know, we're all happy about the nice status in terms of in, lack of injuries, knock on wood and all of that with the Bengals. I think part of that, has to do with the fact that the Bengals have been engaged in a lot of blowouts, mostly on the win side this year. And they are, it's allowing them to be able to get some of these guys out of the lineup, keep them a little more fresh. Obviously, how they've built the roster in terms of rotation and all of that, on the, especially on the defensive line, that is a big reason why as well. But Being able to get those guys out of the lineup when a game is well in hand and rest them for almost an entire quarter, sometimes more than that, that is playing a big role in the health of this team. At any rate, here we go. Trey Hopkins, 78% of the snaps. He did get uh, dinged up. It looked like kind of got rolled up on kind of a scary situation there. Uh, Ended up staying in there, got up a little slowly, stayed in there, ended up uh, playing a little longer, but was, was... taken out of the lineup as the game got well in hand in the fourth quarter. Trey Hill stepping in there, did get a penalty, did Hill. Um, but 22% of the snaps, Hill got in there. Hilton playing 94%, and he played very well. Four tackles and the big pick six by Mike Hilton right before halftime. Awuzie, here's what I mean. Awuzie, your number one corner right now, only playing 63% of the snaps because of what the game uh, where the game went. Trey Flowers getting extensive time, 40% of the snaps. Darius Phillips getting time, struggled a bit at times, uh had kind of a, a miscue on a kickoff return where he tried to bring that out, didn't was really indecisive on what he was doing there and then let up a few plays on defense. Um so a little bit of a rough one for Darius Phillips, 37% of the snaps there. Eli Apple, same thing with the Woosier, 63%. Um you see here Hendrickson, only 40% of the snaps. And what what did he do? Oh, he had a strip sack and two tackles. So, I mean, 40% of the snaps he's making plays, two quarterback hits. Cam Sample in there for 44%. He played more snaps than Trey Hendricks and did Cam Sample. So Sam Hubbard, 52%, just a tick more than both of those two. But again, you're resting these guys. Wyatt Ray getting in there for 45%. Khalid Kareem, a lot of him late. 29% of the snaps. DJ Reader only 34% of the snaps. Ogan Joby, 48%. Tupo, 50%. BJ Hill getting a lot of time and being an effective player. BJ Hill, 61%. Um, Just in the mix of a lot of different plays there. Really liked what we saw from him. Logan Wilson, your leading tackler of the day, 63%. Pratt in there, 47%. But see, look, look at these percentages, particularly on defense. You know these are these are guys that are getting out of the out of the lineup quick, and then you had Mar, uh, Marcus Bailey getting in there and having thirty nine percent as well. Joe Bacci, uh thirty seven percent in in the snap counts there. So uh, you know they, they got some time late. Jackson Carmen got in there late. Quentin Spain eighty five percent. Adenogy did get all one hundred percent of the snaps, as did Jonah Williams. Reef left the game early and was replaced by Prince. So Prince got a lot of snaps, 31 to be exact, but some of those were in the jumbo formations earlier. And then some of them were actually as the right tackle because Reef left with an ankle injury. We'll talk more about that. Burrow got to sit late. He played 85% of the snaps. Brandon Allen came in. mixing 72%. P. Ryan getting work late. Evans getting some work late. So, I mean, you look at these, Your are starting safeties, 63% a pop in terms of amount of snaps, Bates and Bell. CJ Uzama 66%. So just a nice dispersal of snaps just based on where the the game went and how the Bengals were able to remedy all of that uh and and get get through the game and bring in guys at the end for about uh, you know almost a full quarter in some scenarios maybe even more in some scenarios there uh so you got to like you got to like what you saw there especially with the result on the scoreboard there so Um, you know, that that's uh, gives you a little bit of an indication as to what we were kind of seeing and some of the things that, um, you know, we, we we kind of expected, I guess, a little bit based on how the game played out afterward, hindsight being what it is. All right. So I talked about this a little bit. Here is the latest injury update via Zach Taylor early this week on a couple of important players. Um, you know, unfortunately. I kind of I should have started with this other one before this, but um, one such player had uh, a bit of bad luck in Thad Moss, a guy that a lot of Bengals fans were excited to see him get uh, activated. And actually, it sounded like Moss was going to be a bit you know, a little bit active in the passing attack and, and what the Bengals were going to try and do on offense maybe this week and or going forward. But now he has suffered a hamstring injury, could affect his status for the next couple of weeks. He has now been pl- placed back on the practice squad. Mitchell Wilcox is taking his place. And then you've got Reef and uh, Trey Hopkins as well, as I mentioned. Both those guys had a couple of injuries there. So again, um, he's he should be out at least a week that being moss unfortunately hurt his hamstring in pregame warmups. That is bad luck if I have ever um ever seen it and we'll we'll talk about something else with that moss in just a second but um Reef as we mentioned played in 60% of the snaps. Uh so you can see here this is from Marissa Contepelli as well. Uh so Evans and Riley Reef are dealing with ankle injuries. Hopkins injury is minor not to c- considered to be serious. So you know when you look at this you know the ankle injuries those can be tricky a little bit scary with Riley Reef there don't like that but um you know and Evans is kind of here and there being an effective weapon for the offense so you know you don't really like that sounds like hopkins is going to be okay and the good news is hopkins has been playing better as the year has worn on so um you know you, you, you're hopeful that he's coming back and and uh being in there pretty quickly and then moss uh it's the most significant quote unquote from Zach Taylor of the group. Um, and if we're talking about maybe a week or two as Ben Baby of ESPN relayed to us, that's uh if that's the most ex- significant, then you know, I mean, against the Steelers, I guess y- you gotta take that. And uh thankfully none of these seem to be of the season ending type or anything like that, but we will see. Again, Evans and Reef dealing with ankle injuries. Moss suffered a hamstring injury during warmups. Hopkins um, nicked up in that game, but ended up uh, f- uh, pl- coming back after he got rolled up on it, looked like, and then, um, you know, played a little bit longer and then was taken out shortly after that. So that's a, a little bit of the injury update as it stands with the Cincinnati Bengals going into week 13 with a couple of guys, some starters, some backups and, uh, you know not not totally what you what you like to see this late in the season but you know again the Bengals have been largely healthy and this was kind of a cool article I kind of meant to preface that with this one but hey better late than never randy moss cheered on his son on ESPN. There's a clip on Twitter here. You can find that on this article. Pretty cool moment. The picture's pretty sweet here. Thad Moss putting on the coat, the Hall of Fame jacket on his dad, Randy Moss. And uh, it was a really cool site. Randy Moss was pretty psyched early in the morning to hear that his son and, and to know that his son was going to be active for the first time uh, on the Bengals roster. And then unfortunately, just a little while after that, he injured that hamstring in pregame warm-up. So um, kind of a bummer there, but I mean, really cool thing. Randy Moss was pretty psyched on, uh, on this, uh, you know, here's let's see if we can Maybe play a little bit for you here. This is from NFL on ESPN, but uh, they said "proud dad moment" and Number he's, yeah, he's. The yeah! They're all cheering oh, for him. There' a little crazy. background noise for him. him, so uh, yeah. he's he's pretty pretty psyched up about it. Um, unfortunately, way, again, it just didn't so didn't, week, so didn't work out the way head. that everybody wanted it to because of the injury. But um, you know, congrats to the Moss family. There' pretty cool stuff, and I'm sure that Thad Moss is going to get his shot later as he heals up and everything. So, um not not great uh again, not not great news in terms of how the day worked out for everybody, but uh, you know, Randy Moss obviously proud dad moment there, pretty cool stuff from him. Let's see, where do we want to go next? Uh I know where we want to go next. We talked about Riley Reef being relieved by Isaiah Prince. In this game, and if you go to, uh, I think it's this one right here. Yep, this is from PFF Sin Bengals at PFF underscore bangles on Twitter. The highest graded Bengals in Week 12, a minimum of 25 snaps. Mike Hilton, your number one player, with a 92.4 overall grade. Joe Burrow with a 91.9 overall grade. Trey Hendrickson, a 90 grade. T Higgins, great game from him. Getting six catches and over 100 yards, and the big touchdown catch in this one, uh, 89.6. He is your fourth best, fourth highest graded Bengal uh, from PFF metrics, and then Isaiah Prince, your o- offensive tackle. Now, granted, the snaps were smaller, the sample size was smaller, but hey, 76.6, Isaiah Prince coming in. So my point is, is while we have to monitor the reef situation, we don't know from a bulk snap count standpoint with Prince if. This is something that, you know, we can hang our hat on for a week, two weeks, something like that if the Bengals need to get by with him on the offensive line. But that's encouraging right there. The 76.6 grade from Isaiah Prince, your fifth highest ranked Bengal uh, by PFF standpoints. So I, I wanted to share that one with you all as well. And then just an update on how the team itself is doing through 11 games and 12 weeks in the season from Pro Football Focus, because I know we got some uh data geeks somewhat like myself data geeks out there who like this this uh these numbers out here highest graded bangles through 11 games and a minimum of 275 snaps Joe Burrow your number one guy when your quarterback's your number one guy from PFF standpoint you gotta you gotta feel like your team's in pretty good shape at that point Joe Burrow your quarterback 86.2 DJ Reader still up there he's been hovering your you know number one number two uh, up there all year grade from DJ Reader, Joe Mixon, your star running back who you paid a lot of money to 83.0 T Higgins, number four, uh, jumping up there at it with a 77 grade Jamar chase falling off a bit because of the last three, four games, but still a 76.7 grade. He is your number five, uh, number five player there. Again, I've said, I say this every time we go over this, but. This is near ideal in terms of how the Bengals have constructed their roster, who they want to be identity-wise, and where their money has gone, where their draft picks have gone to have these players be in your top five. I mean, sure, you'd like to see Trey Hendrickson in there, maybe Sam Hubbard because you just put you just gave him a deal, but those guys are still playing well regardless. And then when you have your number one overall pick and franchise quarterback as your number one player, on your team in terms of PFF grade, your big nose tackle, you paid huge money to not this offseason, but last offseason as your number two player, same offseason, you pay you paid big money to Joe Mixon for an extension that wasn't necessarily super well received among a lot of fans, but he's making he's playing very, very well for this team this year best football i think we can say we've seen from Mixon, and that's saying something because he's always been a good player t higgins basically a number one pick your your top pick of the second round in the joe burrow 2020 class and then jamar chase your number five overall pick this year i mean that's kind of how you want it drawn up pretty much how you want it drawn up for uh uh, pff scores i mean there's a couple changes you can make there but not bad not bad let's Keep going here. There was a moment in, well, there was more than one moment in this game wherein the Steelers were the Steelers. And not so much on the scoreboard, not so much in in game performance, but more so in after the whistle stuff, walk the line of cheap shot type of stuff, and other types of situations. And there was one such play on the Joe Burrow interception where TJ Watt, who was pretty frustrated in terms of his lack of contributions in this one. Uh, And by the way, if you remember, everybody said how much of an impact that Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt were going to have in their return this week. What did they do? They combined for seven tackles. No sacks, no quarterback hits, no tackles for loss by any of those guys. So, regardless, T.J. Watt, there was a, a situation where he was getting pretty rough with Joe Burrow after the interception during the return, and he kind of wrestled Burrow to the ground. Quentin Spain came up and you know gave him the business afterward. Uh, let's see if we can play this one here. I'm sure you've seen this by now. This is a little bit of uh, a let's relay. Go, you know, let's see. This is from Red from Zone me. here. I'll turn that down. But essentially, you see the play just getting real rough with Burrow there, real rough there, and um, you know, not well received in terms of how the Bengals perceived it. However, Joe Burrow. Didn't seem to mind it that much, or at least didn't verbalize it. he minded, didn't mind it so much. So he said, basically, he was just blocking me. I told him, nice block. That is from Jeremy Roush of Fox 19. Uh, I don't know that I, I think Burrow may be swallowing a couple of those words and feelings that he truly has on the play, but it is what it is, um, and Burrow kind of took the high road on that. It reminds me. Do you remember the play? Oh my gosh! I think it was against the Seahawks, uh, and there was a defensive lineman, and Andy Dalton threw a, an interception, and he got hit really late, and it was pretty much up uh, by by Bennett, the um, one of the uh, one of the Bennett brothers there, who was playing for the Seahawks, I believe, at the time. And that, you know, he got a flag and, you know, it kind of caused a big uproar there. There was not, this wasn't as physical or as egregious as that, but this for a lot of different quarterbacks that would have been flagged. uh, And it was not for the, for the Steelers. And it's the second straight week that their star defensive lineman, two different guys went after a quarterback with an after the whistle type of hit or a beyond the norm type of play. No fines, no suspensions. And no flags, uh, especially in this instance here. So, um, regardless, it didn't really matter. Burrow remained healthy, and the Bengals beat the Steelers badly on the scoreboard. So, Burrow didn't have too much else to say about it, except for "night." I just told him, "nice block," and that is about that. Speaking of Burrow and aspirations of this club beating the Steelers, what does that mean, et cetera, et cetera? Well, Burrow has higher expectations than that for this team. And essentially, Joe Burrow, I think it's a pretty profound statement there because in years past, that this, this was always kind of the Bengals Super Bowl, right? There's beating the Steelers. Beating them soundly was always kind of the the Bengals Super Bowl, so to speak. And now, you know, the Bengals have much loftier goals. And I think Joe Burrow, his persona, his confidence and what this team wants to achieve has so much to to so much left to accomplish. So um, not good. It's good. It's great. Not good enough is basically the message there. And I, let's roll on to we've kind of been talking on a blocking theme here. Zach Taylor really likes what he's seeing in terms of the commitment from the Bengals, wide receivers in the running game, uh, the blocking game there. Helping out in in the run. There was a big run. Um, and Brian Baldinger of NFL Network and other outlets had a, a nice breakdown of it. But essentially, you know, is the is the big cutback, the big 32-yarder where Mixon bounced it left and then you know, saw that there was nothing there and took it back. Around the right side uh, late in the game, and you saw Jamar Chase. You saw Joe Burrow following him too, but you saw Jamar Chase, uh, you know, scurrying up the field. Got a nice block to continue it was on Minka Fitzpatrick to continue on and, and let the play continue to develop. And it's those types of plays we saw. We saw Stanley Morgan in the run game a, a week prior against the the Raiders that was that was you know a really nice play and these guys just are are doing the little things that winning teams achieve and that may, make you a, a really well-rounded team and here's here's the quote here from Zach Taylor and this is on cincyjungle.com as well um We want, quote, we want to have the best blocking receivers in the NFL, Taylor said. That's the standard we're trying to set right now, and that's what they're out to get. And they're doing a pretty dang good job making a statement on that for the rest of the league to notice. Um, And then, you know, it said in the article here, Taylor cited numerous blocks from his wide receivers in this game. Um, But, you know, the the guys that don't necessarily make the catches, Mike Thomas, Stanley Morgan, etc., are helping out in the run game, and then you've got Jamar Chase helping out in the run game. And oh, by the way, a lot of times you're using jumbo formations and with Isaiah Prince, and so you are just really trying to impose your will as as a an offense and as a run run unit. There, they are really trying to impose their will and doing doing a pretty good job of it, especially coming out of the bye, especially. I think Joe Mixon has about 300 yards rushing in the last two games. So um, kudos to them. They made a couple of tweaks in the bye week, and it's working. It's working. It's got them two wins. It may not be as fun or as pretty as the bombs away, the deep bombs galore to Jamar Chase, etc. but it's effective. It's effective, and it, it's getting them in the win column. And Joe Mixon is a, a guy – that you could you want to rely on in the AFC North and through the playoffs for, for timely runs, physical runs and, and helping out in the pass game too. So really it's just clicking right now. It's clicking. I said it in the post game show, it's clicking the Bengals. You can argue are, are playing their best football right now when it matters most, most the back half of the schedule against quality teams. And you have to, you have to like that if you are, a Bengals fans. I here it was. I thought it was an article. It wasn't an article about Joe Burrow. It was just a, a tweet that I had, and I think this is maybe from Brandon Seho of the local Cincinnati media. Here it is, right here, and we will put this up uh, right here. Brandon Seho at uh, the question from the Cincinnati media was asked, what does beating St- the Steelers twice this season mean to, to Joe Burrow quote, we're two and against them. We've got higher aspirations than beating the Steelers right now. So good. It's great. Swell. Wonderful, great, wonderful, grand, but not what the ultimate goal is. And uh, that confidence that, that permeates through the entire club for sure. So Apologies, I thought it was a a full story. I had just a tweet queued up at any rate. There you go. That was the quote. Let's continue on with just a couple more Bengals tidbits. Uh, Actually, we've got a few more, and then we've got some in the AFC North. And to close it out with the NFL news. Before we do, I want to tell all of you about our partnership with Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L. And the website, S-I-M-B-U-L-L dot com slash O-B-I. And this is where folks can play. The, the stock market kind of in a football type of way. You can buy shares of stocks in teams and play symbol like it is the stock market, make some money on either some long-term investments, short-term investments. Uh, if you got in on the ground level with the Bengals investments with this thing when we first started, you probably made yourself quite a bit of money, but you don't have to only bet on the Bengals. You can bet on a number of teams in a few different sports on their platform. And oh, by the way, If you go to symbol.com slash OBI and use the promo code OBI, of course, standing for Orange and Black Insider, they have a promo for you wherein they will protect up to $500 of your money in your account if should you lose it, if you use the promo code OBI and within a 90-day window. That's how confident they are that you will make money, that you will be satisfied with their platform but you got to go to symbol.com backslash OBI. You got to use the promo code OBI to take advantage of that $500 money back guarantee in your account within that first 90 days. Should things in the rare chance go not your way, they will protect you on that. Pretty cool stuff. A fun platform and a way for you to make money, potentially even on teams that you're passionate about. So go to symbol.com Uh, slash OBI, use that promo code OBI and take advantage. We have been partnering with them for the better part of the entire calendar year, really since right before the draft, all the way up till now. And again, if you invested right then when we had the partnership, you're looking pretty smart at this point. So uh, go, go check it out. Good stuff from Symbol. And we appreciate the partnership there. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Man, what a, what an addition Trey Hendrickson has been for the Cincinnati Bengals. Good Lord. He now, this is on cincyjungle.com. He now has set the record for the longest sack streak in Bengals history. Just to, just to, pillar of consistency on this defense, even when the defense hasn't been playing well, he has been uh, very, very consistent. Obviously there was the whole Carl Lawson, Trey Hendrickson debate. A lot of people did not like the Trey Hendrickson move. I did, Um, you know, just from the standpoint of, you got to find someone who is healthy, consistent and can consistently get after the passer. I love Carl Lawson too, but um, you know, at some point it would have been nice to have both these guys really, but (laughs) at any rate, Hendrickson playing very very well and uh, had another sack and second consecutive week with a sack fumble um did did Hendrickson force this week and now he has at least one sack in seven straight games right now on the and the, you know came on that force fumble with big men so 10 and a half on the year for Trey Hendrickson with six games to play. So uh, (laughs) I don't know that he's going to keep up the continuous, you know, the consecutive game streak. Let's hope he does, because that's obviously a good sign. But I mean, this is a guy well into double digit sacks, could be chasing down the franchise record held, a single season franchise record held by Carlos Dunlap. Um, And he is very high up in the Pro Bowl voting. And oh, by the way, his play is along with DJ Reader's effective play, along with BJ Hill, Larry Oak, and Joby, all those guys, they are having a direct impact not only on Hendrickson's play, but also on Sam Hubbard's play. Sam Hubbard's having one of, if not the best season of his professional career as well. So um, good stuff from the edge defenders, and the Bengals are using them effectively, and Trey Hendrickson now a record holder with the Bengals in terms of consecutive games with a sack. So uh Good stuff there. Good stuff there for Trey, from Trey Hendrickson and a great addition by the Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to transition now into uh, week 13 as it pertains to the Bengals and some of the news notes, et cetera. This is kind of a nice bridge article here from CBS Sports and Brian Diardo um, posted earlier on Tuesday Bengals are back. Five reasons Cincinnati is in the hunt for the first uh, for the first playoff berth since 2015. I will put that link in the live chat. There are five reasons. I won't go through all of them because I want you to go read these yourself. However, uh, I will give you a couple here. There's some nice quotes from uh, Mike Brown and you know going all the way back, but. Uh, really, really, enough. Nice article. This this is an interesting one right here. The tough departures, obviously pointing to Geno Atkins, Carlos Dunlap, AJ Green, Andy Dalton, all of those the guys that were so integral in the five straight postseason bursts from 2011 through 2015. Age, injuries, disgruntled nature in their role, and and just the transition that often comes with a management change. Um, they required some tough decisions from some of these guys. And when you're not winning, those are the things that uh, start to become criticized very heavily. And now here we go, all of a sudden. Bengals are seven and four, things are looking great. Taylor, Anna Rumo, Callahan, Mike Brown, the Blackburns all looking. Duke Tobin, they all look like geniuses now. But uh, you know last, last year it was pretty easy to criticize what, what the Bengals were doing. In this regard, key acquisitions. Another I mentioned all these guys so far <laughs> on this on this episode alone here: Reader, Ogen, Joby, Hendrickson, Eli Apple, Wozier, Von Bell. Um, all these guys. So go check out this article. I want it's it's a long one, but. A really good one on CBS Sports, and I think that you will enjoy it. So that link again is in the live chats. If you're not watching this live, you can go back into the Cincy Jungle Facebook page or the YouTube channel comments at the live chat comments, and you can find the article there. Good stuff from CBS Sports. The Bengals are because of their win, because they're at home, they are opening as favorites against the Chargers. Now the Chargers are coming off of a couple of wild weeks. They had a big lead against the Steelers, let it go, and ended up hanging on and beating them on uh, Sunday night football the week prior. This week, they had a late game against the Denver Broncos in Denver. Lost that one by quite a bit, by by two possessions. And so now the, the Bengals are a three-point favorite, essentially making this a coin toss in terms of if this game was on a neutral field type of thing, um, this would be a coin flip, maybe pick them type of scenario. But because it's in Cincinnati, usually that two to three point favorite range is because of the home field advantage. And so that is where the Bengals currently sit here with a three point point. Uh, advantage right now this could change based on injuries with the Bengals that we talked about earlier if those linger on and affect this game this could change the line so um, go go with that news as you will but uh, again exciting game and one that i think a lot of people thought would have or should have been flexed into the late sunday night slate because of the whole joe burrow versus Justin Herbert factor you kind of figured that that would have been something that a lot of folks would have eaten up but uh, not the case the NFL decided otherwise there so it it will not be Al Michaels Chris Collinsworth and or uh Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth calling this one thanks to Jay Morrison relaying this information the CBS broadcast crew is one of top groups there it's Ian Eagle not Ian Ian uh who is the play-by-play guy Charles Davis who uh, has been a, a an NFL network staple was with Fox and now moved over to CBS one of one of the better analysts out there as well and then Evan Washburn the sideline uh reporter there so CBS broadcast crew and thanks to Jay Morrison of the Athletic for relaying that on Twitter one of the top crews of CBS coming in there and uh doing uh, doing the coverage for this game, the NFL, uh, did flex the Bengals a, a little bit. They flexed this one to, um, you know, CBS. I guess this was, this was, uh, you know, they, they, they did that one, but then 49ers Bengals in week 14 has also been switched around a little bit. Uh, here is they, they did a couple of changes as they do at this point in the year, they kind of gauge where teams are. Where the divisions are, the NFL flex the 49ers Bengals in Week 14 to the late start on December 12th. So that will now be 4:25 p.m. Eastern kickoff on CBS, and then also on Fox, the Packers Ravens game has been pushed to 4:25 p.m. Eastern as well. This is on NFL.com, but um, so this is kind of NFL news, but also over you know overall NFL news, but also Bengals news as their Week 14 game against the 49ers um, gets, gets flexed to the 425 PM kickoff. So take note, Bengals fans, take note that came out a little, a little bit earlier there. Uh So here is a little bit of transition into AFC North news. And of course, I guess this could potentially affect the Bengals. I don't know. We have to, we have to wait and see, but TJ Watt, was placed on the COVID-19 list following the loss to the Bengals, Um, obviously going up against Bengals defenders, you know, the, the, the close contact with Joe Burrow there that he had, Um, you know, we're going to need to monitor how this works with, with the team, but, Um, the, the Steelers placed TJ Watt on the COVID-19 list there, and he did not have too much of an impact other than that scuffle there at the end with Joe Burrow after the interception, not much of an impact from Watt there in this game. So, uh, at any rate, he is on the COVID-19 list affecting the Steelers, obviously, but you also need to, um, we, we probably need to keep an eye on things with, the Bengals there as there was some close contact with TJ Watt on Sunday. So hopefully that does not trickle down and affect Bengals players there, but something to keep note of for sure. The wheels appear to be coming off for, for the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Uh, There there was a comment earlier this week about someone, some reporter had asked Chase Claypool, the wide receiver about, you know what could be different. What 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 needs to change? What are some of these things that need to happen? Uh, Claypool made some comment about you know we used to have music at practice. It used to kind of liven things up and bring kind of a uh, a fun air to practice. And maybe that's something we could bring back. Uh, something to that effect was was the comment. Uh, apparently, a day later, Mike Tomlin was asked about that opinion from his second-year wide receiver. And this is from Brooke Pryor on Twitter. I will share this here. Mike Tomlin uh, on Chase Claypool's suggestion they should play music and make practice more fun. Quote, Claypool plays wide out, and I'll let him do that. I'll formulate the practice approach, and I think that division of labor is appropriate. If I don't have the audio clip for this, but if you – I, I can so picture <laughs> mike tomlin saying this particularly those final words uh you know very intelligent guy and very um uh, he doesn't he doesn't mince words i think that division of labor is appropriate that is a very mike tomlin esque quote and it also kind of shows oh boy maybe a little erosion in the foundation of the team i don't know um definitely not a good sign that there's a little bit of I don't know if bickering is the right word, public bickering, but I don't know. Take that for what you will. I guess I guess you got to like it from the Bengals' side of the fence. If you're a Steelers fan, probably not so much. But uh, that was a very, very interesting quote from Mike Tomlin in response to Claypool's comment about what – the Steelers could do to liven up practice. We've got a lot of live listeners from a variety of different platforms. Happy to have you all with us. We'll be going through just a few more articles here and headlines as it pertains to the NFL. We already went through quite a few of the Bengals. We're start, we're starting into the AFC North and moving through that a couple from, from the NFL. And then we will hop on out of here again. I'm Anthony Cazenza with cincyjungle.com and the orange and black insider Bengals podcast. We do have our standard show tomorrow night, our, uh, deep dive analysis show with myself and John Sheeran. We're going to do some listener questions live on Friday as well. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. And then of course, we've got all kinds of different stuff on the podcast channel from the variety of shows. So check it out on your favorite audio streamer or the respective YouTube channels. Appreciate the support. Good to see so many of you coming midweek and hanging out with me, uh, talking about the headlines, at least for the live shows. Hey, thanks for listening after the fact too. If you can't join us live, please try to, but if you can't, it's cool. Uh, Appreciate you tuning in after the fact and checking out, checking out our show and the other shows on the podcast channel. So uh, at any rate, let's continue on with the AFC North Baltimore Ravens. Patrick queen is dealing with a rib injury. Um, Not expected to linger. And this is from Ryan Mink on BaltimoreRavens.com. I will pin this in the live chats for you all as well. Uh, his his rib injury is not expected to linger. Queen, if you remember, uh, well, it says here he was in a lot of pain in the third quarter trying to tackle Cleveland Browns tight end David Joku in the last game here. Um, if you remember, Queen was a guy who was tasked with a lot these first two seasons, being kind of their, their middle linebacker and calling the plays, lining people up. And he had a lot of struggles. He had a lot of struggles doing so. Uh, So what the, the Ravens decided to do is move him to, I believe, the weak side. And they now have Josh Bynes, former... Raven and former Bengal, he returned to the Ravens this year, and now he was on the practice squad at one point. He is now manning the middle, and uh, it has lightened the load for Patrick Queen, and he has been playing better since that move. However, he is dealing with a rib injury here and uh, shouldn't be a serious one, but, you know, you're tackling as a linebacker. That uh, can't be comfortable. So <laughs> um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that ends up. Ends up going here. I already said the other piece of news here that I had for the Ravens was that Packers Ravens game in Week 15 moving from one Eastern to 4:25 Eastern. So that was the other piece of news with the Baltimore Ravens. At least pretty pertinent here early in the week. Let's go to the Cleveland Browns. Man, they just uh, they, they can't figure it out from one week to the next. It would seem um, they can be they can be impressive and they can be very unimpressive. Unfortunately, they are now going to be losing all pro tackle Jack Conklin for the season. He had already been out a couple of games. I believe he missed the Bengals game. Uh, And then he uh, suffered a ruptured patellar tendon in the loss to the Ravens. So, um, you know, he's a really, really good player. Just had an injury plague season this year. So, um, you know, not, not a great situation for the Browns and their offensive line, but uh, Blake Hance, by the way, is going to fill in um, for, for Conklin, but look, the Browns were able to to still win some games without Conklin in the lineup. So, uh and now the Browns are on a buy, so they're going to figure things out there from, you know, for, from a roster standpoint and starting standpoint and all that kind of stuff. But uh Not a good situation from them. They still have a number of really good uh, offensive linemen on that line, though, so I'm sure they will figure it out. Not a good situation for them, though. And on top of that, on the good news front for the Browns, Miles Garrett um, does tie the Browns' single-season sack record in the loss to the Ravens. Guy is a freak just continues to wreak havoc in the NFL and is a a really, really good player. And this is from Anthony Poisel on clevelandbrowns.com. I will pin that in there. Uh, Just a guy that plays really hard uh, and, and, you know, he he tied the record there is 14 sacks, as you see there from Reggie camp. So um, good for him, good player. And, uh, you know, the, the Browns value him for sure. He is a very, very good player. Ties the franchise record with a number of games to go. So <laughs> we'll see We'll see what happens in terms of where that number ends up for Miles Garrett. Now, the Bengals are taking on the Chargers. They are hosting the Chargers this week. And as I mentioned, the Chargers are having trouble with consistency. They played. They, they had the big lead against Pittsburgh. Let them come back ended up winning that game. They go to Denver the following week and do not play well. Herbert turned the ball over a couple times and now they are trying to figure things out. I mean, they, they were playing very well to start the season. Then they kind of hit a buzzsaw in Baltimore the week after the Bengals throttle Baltimore in Baltimore. So it's just, it's kind of the story of the AFC uh, story of the AFC North, just teams kind of playing well one week, not so well, the other week or for a couple of weeks they play well and then they have a major speed bump so this is on chargers.com from Corey kennedy and this is basically there are three takeaways here from a, a couple of days ago um, they need to play consistent football consistency is key is one of them um, and then Austin Eckler with a quote, if you're not consistent, I talk about it all day, every interview, if you're not consistent with your play, you're going to get beat. I feel like that's pretty much what happened with us today. They outplayed us today, meaning the, the Broncos, they played more consistent and stopped us and made more plays on offense than we did and quote. So uh, you know, that's one, the, what's the mindset moving forward um, quote from Justin Herbert. I think it's the NFL and I think we're playing against a really good defense. The Denver Broncos are really well coached and they've got some really good guys on that side of the ball. It wasn't good enough by us today and we need to readdress after we watch the film tomorrow, you know, you need to be better and you need to learn from it. So I will leave this link in here, but the chargers are trying to figure out a formula for consistency. Obviously they've got a lot of talented players, Justin Herbert, Austin, Eckler, um, uh, you know, uh, just a lot of, a lot of good players. Their wideouts are, are really talented and, um, you know, they, they just aren't really consistent from one week to the next. And the Bengals got to hope that they get them on another down week, but, uh, this should be, this should be a fun game to watch by up by most standards. And unfortunately this game brings about some memories for Bengals fans in terms of what happened in Week One last year, when Burrow in his first career start drove the Bengals down for, you know, that that drive at the end of the game. Bad offensive pass interference penalty against AJ Green, and then Randy Bullock misses the kick uh, and hurts his calves, I guess, uh, in that one. To have the Bengals get a really really bad loss at home to start their season. So, the Bengals want to exact some revenge, I am sure, on this one. So, uh, at any rate, um, that is kind of what's going on with the Chargers this week as they are getting set to travel to Cincinnati. Some interesting stuff going on just around the rest of the league here. I thought this was a crazy tweet. This is from NFL on CBS, just based on trades and how bad these – teams are at this point in time, the the teams in the Northeast here, look at, look at picks four through nine slated in the current 22 NFL draft order. Pick four, the Jets from the trade with Jamal Adams. Pick five, the Jets, their own pick. Pick six, the Giants, their own pick. Pick seven, the Giants from a trade with the Bears. Pick eight, the Eagles, their own pick. Pick nine, the Eagles from the Dolphins. So right now, and based on what we've seen from these teams and where things may end up, this this slating could be something we see as we go into draft weekend next, week, <laughs> next year, where it's Jets, Jets, Giants, Giants, Eagles, Eagles. I mean, it, there could be some formation of that. And right now, how it's currently slated, it's pretty crazy. Um, I just thought that was kind of uh, gave me a little chuckle and is kind of interesting right there. And those teams, undoubtedly, that there could be some moves from from those teams to try and maneuver to potentially get a quarterback. We don't know what Daniel Jones's future is going to be in New York and, and that sort of thing. So they could try and maneuver and get a quarterback, one of those teams or a team like the Broncos, who who are trying to load up and loaded up some picks in the Von Miller trade could be trying to move up with one of those teams to get a quarterback as well. So, um, uh, you know, it's just kind of, kind of funny how it worked out here. This is more, some more from CBS sports. The thank the Lord. We're not talking about this with the Bengals and Zach Taylor, the NFL coach, hot seat seat rankings. David Coley can't gain traction and Matt rule is stumbling. Apparently Matt rule is one that a lot of people are thinking may not make it after this season. Um, interesting article here, you know, this is from Patrick Walker. Uh, so it kind of talks about where these teams have been cool. The the seats cooling down on Brian Flores and Vic Fangio Fangio is getting a couple of nice wins here with the Denver Broncos and may Get another shot to give his uh, get a quarterback next year. He's also got a game. You know, I mean, they can still win some games here and be in the mix late, especially if they end up getting one from the Bengals in Denver a few weeks down the road. All kinds of different things. So um, you know, something to something to think about. But a, a really kind of I don't know, if it's not fun to talk about uh, talk about different different. Uh, coaches or people losing their job, but Hey, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, yes. Thank you. Russ ENT. Appreciate that. Yes. We have super chat. I, I never really knew much about it. I never really, I I don't want to say I didn't dig it, but I didn't know if people liked it or not, but it's there if you want it on our YouTube channel. Um, and we will, I, I feel like we will use the super chat quite a bit on listener questions live. That's where I think we will use those quite a bit just to make sure, cause we want to get to as many questions on those as possible. So maybe that's where we kind of use those a little bit more. Thought we'd have it there in case people, people want to use it and uh, appreciate that rush. You're the man and uh, you're always tuning into our stuff. I appreciate it, man. Um, hey, let's end it up on a high note with the power rankings. And on NFL.com, I believe the Bengals were uh, all the way up to seven, not as high on CBS sports, but still climbing Pete Prisco, a guy who is usually pretty, pretty nice to the Bengals as it would seem. Um, He's got the week 13 power rankings. The Bengals are, have climbed up, I think in his poll by three, but here are, here is who he has. He still has the Cardinals as the number one team in the league. Off their bye week, nine and two. The Packers nine and three, moving up a spot to the to the number two spot. The Buccaneers getting that win against Indianapolis eight and three. The Patriots are eight and four. Don't look now, the Patriots and Mac Jones eight and four uh, in, in the number four spot in their power rankings, moving up three spots. The Chiefs off their bye week, they are seven and four. They move up three spots. uh The Bills moving up five spots against because of their win against the Saints on Thanksgiving. So they are at number six. The Rams are at number seven, taking a tumble five spots down. The Ravens moving down two spots, even though they beat the Browns. Um, so they are eight and three. The Titans falling five spots at eight and four. Uh, just a lot of injuries going on with the Titans. AJ Brown, Julio Jones, Derrick Henry. I mean, just a lot of injuries for them on offense. So, uh, you know, but they are eight and four and in a pretty weak division overall. The uh, the Bengals there, rounding out your top 10, moving up three spots as at seven and four with their win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's see where some of the other teams, the Chargers, who they play this week, inside the top half of the league, falling six spots to the number 15 spot on Pete Prisco's list. The Browns at six and six fall four spots uh, at number 19. And my, how the am i where, where am i where am i seeing my did i miss the steelers oh there they are number 17 i was like wow did we did they fall that far number 17 the pit the steelers fall three spots at five five and one they are still ahead of the browns so that is some of pete prisco's uh pete prisco's uh power rankings there and then we've got another hey stewart you're the man Thank you for the, for the super chat there. I, I, you're always in here as well. I appreciate that Stuart in the live YouTube chat, a lot of others in here. So many familiar names. Appreciate that. Um, do not, I, I, I hesitated again doing the super chats because I don't like to people feel pressured or obligated or whatever. But if you want to do that, and I think we'll try it out, especially with listener questions live and stuff, maybe the post game show too. If you feel so inclined, check it out and uh, appreciate everybody's support of this program. Everybody's support of the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. Uh, getting to be that time of the day here on the West Coast where I am getting that nice sun ray in half my face, not half my face. <laughs> I disappear. There's some shadows, all that kind of stuff. Uh, You know, it's, you know, it's that time of the afternoon when that, when that happens there uh, in my house at any rate, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the Week 13 Happening Headlines. We've got a lot more coming to you on the Orange and Black Insider and the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. Subscribe to that channel on your favorite audio streamer. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you like the Cincy Jungle Facebook page. And, of course, keep it to CincyJungle.com for all your news, opinions, analysis, all kinds of different stuff, and, of course, your podcasts. Appreciate it, everybody. Have a good rest of the week. We'll see you tomorrow, and we'll see you Friday for a couple more shows on on OBI. Take Take it easy.